0: satellite sisters welcome to the show it is sunday august 18th i gotta say it has just been a beautiful weekend here in santa monica california um this is liz dolan and i am joined on the line with my sister julie dolan in dallas texas obviously you made it home okay from steamboat springs
2: i, I did liz and i am clinging on to what is still summer it's a gorgeous year in texas and um You know, I don't know what's happened to August. It's it's just now that everybody goes back to school so early, it's not even really a summer month anymore. And it's a pity. It's a pity. I've always enjoyed the month of August as a summer month, not as pre-September.
0: Okay. I'm totally with you. I know Lee and son Colin went back to school this week, and I can see from all my Facebook friends all over, the comp- all over the country that many, many kids either started school or college or something this week, and I just don't get it. It does seem to have stolen a whole month of their lives from them. You know, in summertime when you're a kid is so awesome. Uh, anyway, well, it's Julie and I this week. Sheila is experiencing some connectivity issues. Oh, so mm-hmm. So we're going to work on that later. Annabelle Needle was having a couple of issues. We're going to see if we can pull something out of the bag. But uh, Leon had a lot of family obligations. And Monica must be off canoeing or something. We were... Um We were not able to establish any connectivity with Monica, but uh, so it's Julie and me. So we're going to have some fun here, and you, because we're going to start with a little bit of a mailbag. If you are a member of the Satellite Sisters Facebook group, some of these items will be familiar with you. If you're not, very easy to join. Just go to Satellite Sisters. Just go to groups and type in Satellite Sisters, and we're going to be there. And i got to say, Julie, I don't know if you monitor this as closely as I do, but we've gotten quite a few new members. Of the group over the last month. I feel like this summer, people must be like hanging around on Shays lounges, on their wireless iPads, or something, and they're all finally getting on board with Satellite Sisters on Facebook, which is an excellent thing. I, I, really, I think that's
2: quite possible, Liz. That you know, satellite sisters are busy people, right? And, and you know, you don't always get to the bottom of your to-do list. And I'm very happy that so many people are joining the group. I, you may have noticed, Liz, that I'm back. You know, I I've, did I, notice I, that. What Liz brought Liz, that on? I know
0: you got hacked earlier this year, I right?
2: I got hacked, and if you have received. And embarrassing videos from me, I, 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 again, I deeply apologize. I was humiliated by that experience and had to go on hiatus for a while. It just, I, I, just, I just was afraid to go back. But I, somehow, because of the wedding, I sort of creeped back into to Facebook. I, it's just a small presence. I, I'm not uh, updating any photos. I certainly am not putting on any videos. But I, I just needed to be back with the Satellite Sisters group.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that would, if I could start my Facebook life all over again, my personal footprint would be much smaller. But the, the groups that I belong to, well, mainly Satellite Sisters, would sort of be the core of it. Anyway, if you are in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group, then I hope you saw this post that Leanne put on earlier this week. Her friend, Mona Mensing, uh, has a new teaching job in central Oregon. She teaches at a school uh, for boys called, called the J. Bar J. Boys Ranch. And uh, they don't really have any facilities or any equipment. And she's really trying to, like, dig into this this year and get them some of the resources that they need. And um, she's looking for 20 copies of the book, The House on Mango Street, by Sandra Cisneros. So, Leanne believes that many of you out there probably have this book hanging around in your house because your own kids have read it or you've read it. And uh, so, she posted on the Facebook group. uh, on the Facebook group, the address where if you have a spare copy of the house on Mango Street that you are not going to read again, that nobody in your house is going to need, you can uh, mail this to her friend, Mona Mensing in Bend, Oregon. So join the group. You'll get that address. Or maybe I should just read the address. In case, you, yeah, in case, you, in case you got a thing with being on Facebook, you don't, okay. It's, it's no thing. So it's Mona Mensing, M-E-N-S-I-N-G, at the J-Bar-J... Boys Ranch, which is 62895 Hamby Road, H-A-M-B-Y, Hamby Road, 62895 Hamby Road, Bend, Oregon, 97701. So that is the school address. She wants to teach this book uh, this fall season. So if you've got it, send it, and she would really be grateful. Uh, Then also on the Facebook group. We mentioned in the coverage of the wedding, of our niece, uh, Megan's wedding, that in the yard at my brother's, that there was some sporting and gaming set up during the reception. There was a croquet area, and there was also a game, Leon has just discovered, which they were calling Bago. And she didn't know if that was the real name of it, or it's at least the Westport, Connecticut game of it. It's Bago. And she and the boys played quite a bit of baggo over the course of the summer vacation. Now, I have always known this game as cornhole because in Bend, (laughs) Oregon, they call it cornhole because it's basically a bag of corn that you're throwing into the hole. And uh, so there is a debate going on on the group about whether it's really bagel, bago, or cornhole. I think we can admit that it is both of those things, depending on your regional differences. If you have a third name for that game, please, by all means, let us know. Just one of those interesting things about the vast land that is America. And then also on the Facebook group, you know, for Lian's book, Elizabeth, the First Wife, all summer she was running a contest where you could win a weekend to the Shakespeare Festival in Ashland, Oregon if you haven't read Elizabeth, the First Wife yet, a lot of the story takes place in Ashland, Oregon. So, um, so Leanne and her publisher put together a contest where you could win a fantastic weekend there. And, in fact, that fantastic weekend has now been taken. And you can see photos of the contest winners. They posted a thank you. Ann Rogers was the winner, and she said, go to Ashland. Thank you, Leanne and Prospect Park Books. We had a wonderful weekend. Midsummer Night Dream and Taming of the were excellent, and then they got a great dinner. Anyway, so just in case you ever wonder whether people really win these prizes, they do, and you can see photos of Anne uh, and her friend right there on the Facebook group. So there's a lot going on there. There's a lot of uh, these are hotly debated topics and everything in between.
2: That's right, Liz. You know, we also got one um, email from uh, on our on Leanne's Facebook page regarding our coverage of the wedding, and I thought I would read it to you. Um, it was from Peter from Sudbury, who writes, Hi, Leon. Now, let me get this straight, dot, dot, dot. The Satellite Sisters did 45 minutes on Meg's wedding in Westport. You guys covered everything, from the Dolan dancing craze, to the raw bar, to the excellent sandal collection, right? You even discussed the fact that Barrick is importing East Coast trends to California. But in all of that, you did not mention the dashing gentleman in the seersucker suit, even though your son tried on my jacket. Aren't you people crazy? You buried the lead. (laughs) Snap out of it already. Okay, this... Mr. Peter was, uh, was attended the wedding, and if you are going to go to a summer wedding in Westport, Connecticut, the most appropriate thing to wear is a seersucker suit. Am I not right, Liz? Oh, I to-
0: totally right, and I remember this guy. I didn't know his name was Peter. I never met him, but across a crowded tent, I was like, hats off to guy in seersucker suit. Nailed it.
2: He was a dashing gentleman in a seersucker suit. He happened to sit at the same table with Leon and I for dinner. He's one of our brother's very good friends. And we all admired his suit and complimented him. And how we failed in our coverage not to point out Mr. um, uh, Mr. (laughs) Peter's sartorial um, superiority. I mean, there's no other way. I mean, he stood out in the crowd. It was in terms of like one, two, three finishes for the top men at this wedding. Number one, obviously, to the groom, even with the the tie around his head during the reception. Number two, to our brother Jim, because when he walked down the aisle with the beautiful, uh, you know, confident, Megan on his arms. That was one of my favorite moments of the wedding. And number three, I'm giving it to you, Peter. You, you know, in your your seersucker suit, you were the only gentleman in that. And it really did make a difference at the wedding. So thank you for uh, for bringing this up. And if there's any time, really, anyone doesn't feel like we're giving you just due, please let us know because we are (laughs)
0: Well, can I just say, Peter, in, uh, in last week's coverage, we did promise that there would be wedding coverage part two because Sheila and Monica couldn't be on last week's show. So we were hoping we would be able to get their POV on this week's show. Obviously, they're not present today due to connectivity issues, but it could be that next week... All by themselves, they would have given some kind of prize to the man in the seersucker suit. But anyway, I'm glad we got that done for now. We are still looking forward to the second half of wedding coverage. By the by, I noticed that uh, Megan and Greg, who are on their honeymoon in Hawaii, did listen to last week's show, and they thanked us very much for the extensive coverage, part one. So um, we will, uh, we still, there's still more coverage out there once we get Sheila and Monica all hooked up on the line. But seersucker rules in August, man, you're totally right. Thank you for pointing that out to us.
2: Well, as, you know, um, I, it's been kind of a big week in terms of news, uh, but not, a lot of it. I don't really want to talk about on this podcast. <laughs> Can I just say that?
0: I know. I yeah.
2: Hard about the situation in the Middle East and, uh, you know, and that is just an un, uh, unfolding tragedy, drama. And I think it has everyone in the world deeply concerned.
0: Right. And Julie, you and I have been in Cairo together. Yes. So we vacationed there once, and it's just an amazing city, and Egypt is just such a fascinating culture. So you're right. It is just awful to see what's happening there now.
2: But I think because it's so serious and so awful that other stories that really are not as important got a lot more attention in the news this week because Mm -hmm. they were just easier. They were more palatable, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One story that I know got a great deal of coverage, and I've heard a lot of people talk about it, is Oprah and the mean shop girl in her. (laughs) Okay. As, as many <laughs> as many of you know, Oprah is on a, um, a movie tour right now, and she just okay. She just happened. I love the backstory here. She just happened to be in Zurich, Switzerland, for Tina Turner's wedding. Okay, so <laughs> this is again just a small difference between Oprah and the rest of us. But hey,
0: our wedding was just as good. I yeah. just like I'll stack up our wedding to Tina's anytime.
2: And I don't believe that there was a man in a seersucker suit at uh, Tina Turner's wedding. Who knows? Anyway, so uh, many of you have heard this story. Oprah was out shopping. She wanted to look at a very expensive pocketbook in some exclusive store in Zurich. And the shop girl said, no, 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 Um, it's too expensive. I'm not going to show it to you. And Oprah was really offended by this. And she really, you know, she she mentioned this example that then got picked up in the press. As you know, she really, you know, to just really say that there's still a lot of racism out there. And, you know, even Oprah Winfrey can be um, can be, a, you know, a subject to this kind of racism. But it got me really thinking about mean shop girls, because I think I think one of the things is that I think many of us have been terrified, humiliated, uh, you know, destroyed. By some mean shop girl. Do you know what I mean,
0: Liz? Uh, yes, and there's uh, the thing that's always fascinated me about the mean shop girl syndrome, well, one part of it, it does seem like the more expensive the merchandise is, the meaner they are. Which is, you would think it would be the reverse. Like, they should be grateful to have you walk in the store when they're basically lucky to sell one thing a day. And yet, there is that correlation between price of the merchandise and meanness of the shop girl. I have witnessed.
2: Yeah. Well, the other, I just want put, to put out a little warning for Oprah. If, please, if you had a bad experience in Zurich, Do not, do not under any circumstances go shopping in Moscow, Russia. You know, this was my former hometown, Liz, Moscow. And it may have changed a bit since I I was there because it's now been over six years since I've lived in Moscow. But The meanest shop girls in the world. Oh, really? World class mean girls. I mean, they are so mean. There, they don't even like buzz you into the shop. I mean, (laughs) you stand out in the snow and the cold, and these girls look at look at you once and dismiss you. I mean, that you just they just dismiss you. And if if for some chance they let you into the shop. There's no way they're even going to talk on you or talk to you or wait wait on you. They turn their backs. They leave the room. I mean, there's just... And it was so bad that I, in fact, asked my Russian teacher one time. I said, what is it with these mean shop girls in Moscow? Now, you may be wondering, why is Julie shopping in luxury shops? It has nothing to do with that. Again, this was a time in Moscow when there were... Really, if you wanted to buy a pair of stockings, let's say, um, you, there was no Target. There's no Kmart. Right. There's, oh, there's nothing. There's no JCPenney. There, you either have to stand in the snow and buy stockings in an outdoor market, or you might have to go to some expensive luxury, bo- you know, boutique that sells stockings. So that's how I found myself up against the mean shop girls. And my Russian teacher said that. You have to understand that these girls are hired because they're beautiful. And many mean shop girls are beautiful. Isn't that true, Liz? That does seem to be but,
0: part of the package, it's yes. highly attractive. That, at
2: least in Moscow, that was the MO, that they're highly attractive young girls. Uh, my Russian teacher said they're paid nothing. So they, they have... They, you know, barely have, you know, they have just one nice outfit they wear every day to their mean, to be, you know, to the shop, to be the mean shop girl. And and my Russian teacher said their only source of power, of satisfaction is being mean to you. You have to see that they get no pleasure out of their job at all. They have no job satisfaction. Uh-huh. They can never. They will never make enough money to be able to purchase anything in the store they will never make enough money to get ahead or this there's no advancement it you know and they know as soon as they start to age or gain weight they're going to be fired so they have a very short shelf life as a mean shop girl in moscow and what they do just i guess it's just natural this is their only thing that they can do is to be mean to customers
0: and so, they are world class at it. It sounds like world
2: class mean shop girls. So uh, that's I just uh, dear Oprah, do not go, do not go to Moscow. <laughs> stay, stay. Sounds like you had a rough time in Zurich. I just suggest you stay away, which is so strange, Liz, because. I, I couldn't imagine this, like, I mean, we have actually met Oprah, and our reaction when we met Oprah was to scream and yell, right? And
0: right. <laughs> We were super enthusiastic. Super enthusiastic.
2: <laughs> and I imagine that most times we have seen people meet Oprah, that they are, like, they're wildly enthusiastic. So it must be hard for Oprah to go into a shop and meet the mean shop girl who is, you know, is going to, like, put her down. I mean, yeah. I just- It also
0: must be, like, the height of mean shop girl accomplishment to be able to like not show any excitement or enthusiasm over Oprah Winfrey. You know, like you would be in the like mean shop girl hall of fame if you went down as the one who dissed Oprah.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah, Liz, that's that's a good point.
0: Because there could be some back channel communications between them about how mean were you today versus how mean were you today? And like if you can make the claim in the Mean Shop Girl Facebook group that today you dissed Oprah Winfrey, you win the day, hands down. Yeah, I,
2: okay, that's a very good point. So, um, and I'm sure they have a Facebook group. So, <laughs> there have it. All right. So that was a big story. Again, it's not really sort of central to world events, but it was a big story. Another big story that came out that I just, I, I have to mention because it, it's, uh, I, it's ridiculous. Um, and that is really, it's kind of breaking news that they have opened a line of inquiry. The British government has opened a line of inquiry into Princess Diana's death again, if you can believe this, Liz, that this has come out as part of some court proceeding that a former special forces operative, British special forces operative, boasted to his wife that he broke the code of silence and he told his wife at some point that the special forces were behind Diana's death. And... um, Are you kidding me? Oh, and this came out because now... Now the, the, you know, the Special Forces Operative and his wife are getting a divorce, and it's really the ex-in-laws that are bringing up this information now. But they're looking into it, Liz. They're really... Um, They are going to investigate this. It just seems...
0: Haven't they already investigated that claim? That seems like something that surfaced right at the very beginning. I thought that was something that his father had also claimed at one point.
2: Yes, absolutely. Yes, Uh, Dodi Fayed's father had said... Yeah, I
0: didn't even remember his name. Thank you, Julie.
2: Well... There you have it Liz this is uh, this is you know Royal <laughs> rep- reporter at your service okay uh, so that's that's the thing so this is uh, again it's ridiculous um, and it comes Nearly, almost to the anniversary of her death, which is coming up shortly. So, um, but uh, you know, hopefully this this will be a short-lived story because yeah. I don't yeah. think we want to go through that. So, <sighs> those are the two big stories that I got this week, Liz. <laughs> I have some book reviews. I have some book reviews for you, though. Um, oh, that I...
0: good. Okay. Sure. About. Again, if you're just August, used to be a good time for laying on the chaise lounge, reading things. So, uh, go for it. What do you got for us?
2: Well, well Liz, I have one book that I've read read and I highly recommend. And then Liz, I have another book that I haven't read and I am never going to read. Okay. So these. these, Okay.
0: okay. All right. The full spectrum.
2: The full spectrum. The first book that I am going to recommend is a book called The Hair with the Amber Eyes. This is not new, but it has come out. Now uh, this is, this was a book given to me by uh, my neighbor and friend. And let me just say when she described the book as some a British family memoir. I was was like, oh my gosh, this is no Elizabeth, the first wife. This sounds (laughs) so heavy. I'm never going to want to read this. But because she gave me the book, I felt a little bit obligated to at least take a crack at it. And what it is, it's it's a nonfiction book. It is a family memoir by a British potter. Okay, now I know you're falling asleep. I am
0: already dozing (laughs) off. Sorry.
2: Just stay with me, Liz, just a few more sentences. The, his name is Edmund DeWall, and he tells the story of his family. He is, his family was a wealthy European Jewish um, banking family, the Afruzis, okay? And, he had, and and as part of what happened to many um, Jewish families um, during, um, after, during World War II is everything in their, you know, every, all of their wealth was taken away. Everything was, and all that he has remaining from his family background and heritage is this small collection, okay, stay with me, of miniature sculptures. They're called Japanese Japanese netsukis. Mm -hmm. They're tiny miniature sculptures that a former maid of his family had buried in, um, buried in a mattress, and so they were not confiscated by the Nazis. But this is the most fascinating book I've read in a long time. It's nonfiction. He did the research himself. His family was just sort of this incredible group of intellectuals and artists, and then it's he writes about it from the span of 1871 like one of his great grandfathers was like monet's best friend and you know was a patron of manet and, and and all the way up to 2009 and what has happened to his family during you know world war 1 between the wars world war 2 and then and then now and all traced by the with this one collection of japanese nasuki. I so know. I mean, it is a, again, okay, I know you're all saying I'm never going to read that. <laughs> it's, I, I
0: mean, I, you know, because it, uh, it's your recommendation, I would take it more seriously than I would if I just heard that description, you know, because there have been many wonderful books written about families over that span of time. But if you really like this one, okay, all right. It's like, it
2: has won all kinds of awards, um, you know, Financial Times, bestseller Awards. And I mean, it is so well written and it's, it's a page turn. Liz. Okay. I'm, I'm telling you. And the, and the research that he's done to find out about his family and how he tells the story, you just, you really want to read it. So that is, um, I, you know, get that. But It's the hair,
0: H-A-R-E hair with the amber eyes? With amber eyes. Yes. Okay. All right. What's his name?
2: His name is, um, is Edmund Uh DeLal. D-E capital W-A-A-L. Okay.
0: All right, um, yeah, so that one you read, you loved, you recommend, and th- this next one, you're not even going to crack it open? <laughs> no,
2: no, I'm never going to read this book, Liz, it just come out. it's just come out, it's by Sophie Fontenelle, perhaps you've heard of this, she's the editor of French L magazine, uh-huh. and she has written the book that is getting a great deal of coverage, it's called The Art of Sleeping Alone, okay? Oh. So, have you heard about this, Liz? That no, I haven't. Okay, she has written a book about her 12 years of celibacy, okay? She made a choice to be celibate, um, and she sees this as the highest in sexual liberation. So, and of course, because she's French, and because she's an editor at French Elle, um, this is somehow some kind of sensation that she didn't have sex for 12 years. I I, I want to tell Miss Sophie that, that there are plenty of women out there that have not had sex in 12 years. But th- they are not writing books that get on the New York Times bestseller list and are not be- and being, you know, she's being interviewed all over. So,
0: But it is pretty hard to make celibacy sexy. That is so good for her.
2: Okay. <laughs> so this is it. She has she has written a book about elective celibacy. And she said, and here's the thing, Liz. Again, I have not read this book. I've just read the reviews. But I'm cl- surely not going to read a book <laughs> about not having sex i mean what's the what what, what's that about
0: right you're right that seems like really yeah i want
2: to read that you know Uh, so she has said that um see part of her problem was that men were always trying to sleep with her list this is
0: that is such a big problem i I, yes i'm sure that's really that must be awful
2: Yeah, it was, it was awful. And she just finally just had to, you know, make a choice and she felt like it gave her so much more time. Apparently Sophie was having a great deal of sex. So she, this has given her more time, more focus for her work. uh, she just, uh, you know, she just really enjoyed this period. Her friends were, you know, saying she was crazy to be, you know, to go that long. And then finally, Liz, okay, this is, uh, this again, because it's so French. She decides after 12 years, um, that's enough time. And so she falls in love with a married man and starts having sex
0: again. Okay. <laughs> You're right. Very very French. It's interesting to me that, so during this period of celibacy, I know you haven't read the book, so maybe you don't know the answer to this. During this self-imposed celibacy, she was also telling her friends that's what she was doing. It wasn't just like her own thing. It was actually like a badge of honor that she was wearing publicly. Wow. Wow. Okay. That is um, that is an unusual twist on that.
2: Yes, yeah, so uh, again, I'm just suspicious. You know, we've had a number of books co- that have come from France. For, first, there was that French diet book. You know, yeah. we were also, you know, then there was another book uh, actually written by an American about how to raise your uh, children. Raise your
0: children the French way, right.
2: And so now this, you know, uh, how not to have sex. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I'm just surprised it was so hard.
2: But, I'm, I'm, um...
0: you know, again, okay. That's... <laughs> Okay, well, as long as we're talking about uh, cultural uh, activities, I went to see a movie this weekend, which I was hoping Annabelle Needle would be on the show today so we could talk about the movie The Way Way Back. But you've seen it, right?
2: I have, Liz. I love this movie. I thought it was just great. Great.
0: So here's the backstory on the way, way back, why we at Satellite Sisters are interested in this. If you recall, like a month or six weeks ago, Sheila told a story on the show how she was hired to give an exam to a young actor here in L.A. where she had to actually go to the 20th Century Fox uh, movie lot and administer an exam to Liam James, who at the same, that same weekend, Uh, this movie was premiering, and he is the star of this movie. So Sheila had met the star, Liam James, the young boy, um, and really, really liked him. But at that point, she had not seen the movie. Well, none of us had seen the movie. So I finally went to see it yesterday. And here's the thing. I I liked it, but I found the first half kind of super slow. I was really, about halfway through the movie, I'm like, where is this going? What is this? I don't, I'm not really, really digging this too much. But then the whole water whiz, as soon as Sam Rockwell is on the screen, uh-huh. I would say that every scene with Sam Rockwell in it, I really liked. Yeah. And when he was not on the screen, I was having a little trouble caring. By the end, I really, really liked it. But it took me a while to kind of see where we were going. So I'm interested that you liked it so much.
2: I did, Liz. You know, I I understand what you mean. It was uncomfortable to watch because it it is a coming-of-age story, but it's also a story about, you know about uh divorce and about adult
0: infidelity mm-hmm. yeah
2: it just so it is so it's it's painful it's you know you you, see. Know, you <laughs> see the pain on the the child's face and you also you come to understand the pain of the adults so there's many parts of it that are uncomfortable and uh and you're right the refuge both for the viewer and i think for the characters in the movie is at WaterWiz <laughs> when they go to this <laughs> water park in uh in massachusetts um, but it was just. Do we
0: know it's Massachusetts? I didn't even know what state. We're I, looked the, I looked that up, Liz, because I was like,
2: "Where is this place?" So indeed, there there is there okay. there is a place. And the backstory I heard was one of the reasons that they used this particular water park in Massachusetts was because Steve Carell, who's in the movie, want, wanted to have his family with him when he was filming the movie, and that if they did it in Massachusetts, they could all be together. So oh. that's why I picked the spot. So. Oh, okay. Uh, Hello, back, back, a little Hollywood biz for you, Liz. I know. Hey, thanks,
0: thanks. Yeah. Well, if you're, uh, another interesting thing about this movie is that the screenplay was written by Nat Faxon and Jim Rash, uh, who won an Oscar for writing the screenplay for The Descendants. So it does, there is some similarity between The Descendants and The Way, Way Back that you can definitely feel. But also, Nat Faxon and Jim Rash are in the movie, and they are both hilarious. So Jim Rash, Julie, he's the, the weird, weird looking guy yeah. who mans the booth, who keeps saying that like every day he's going to leave, he's getting out of here. So that's that's one of the screenwriters. And Nat Faxon was the guy who was in charge of the water slide, like the yeah. cute guy who was showing the boy how to pick the girls for the water slide. So <laughs> I, th- I thought they, they really added a lot. And Jim Rash famously is the one who, when they accepted their Oscar, he's the one who still his leg out and mocked, um, what's her uh, name? Angelina Jolie. Angelina Jolie, yes. So. We all
2: remember she would, she wore the dress with a high slit and she kept standing in that pose where her leg was sticking out. That's what he did at, uh, when he received the award. So, yes. Yes. No, there, there, I mean, there's some great characters in it, great acting. Um, again, but it is painful. It yes. is, it's mm-hmm. uh, sort of, it's uh, painful to watch and you have, um, and you have, just so much sympathy, empathy for you know for the young guy as he's trying to sort of navigate all these horrible adults that are around him. You know?
0: Yeah, yeah, and there are some horrible adults. The uh, so <clears throat> so that movie, the way way back, um, I would say, which in general, Satellite Sisters recommend it. Though I did not love it as much as I loved the movie I talked about last week, In a World. So the the new Lake Bell movie. The only thing I regret is. Lake Bell seems to be, maybe it's just the nature of the media I consume that, you know, the TV shows I watch, the podcasts I listen to. The Lake Bell seems to be on every single one of them this week. And good for her, because she's got, she's got a big movie that she wrote and directed and starred in. But the only person getting more publicity is the woman who wrote the book for Orange is the New Black. Have you noticed that? She's been on absolutely every television show, radio show, and podcast over the last two weeks. So, um. I know, but,
2: and that's an original story. I'm enjoying that on Netflix. If you haven't watched that. I haven't
0: started that yet. So Uh, you are enjoying it?
2: It starts a little slow, Liz, you know, you're, um, uh, you you know, I'd say hang, hang in there by, you know, episode five or six. It really, it really picks up steam and the characters, you know, are really coming to life. So I, am enjoying it.
0: See, the good thing about binge viewing is you can, you can give something five episodes because you're watching like three at a time. Right. Right. The, right. If it was really just an hourly TV show and you watched it two or three times, you would never. You, would, you wouldn't go back for episode four.
2: This would be off the air. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, television uh, executives like yourself would have canceled this long ago. <laughs>
0: Like myself. Yes. The, uh, yeah, all of the power that I have to, um, though I am, I'm working on a couple of interesting shows right now. So actually one that you will really like, which I don't think will air in the United States. Sorry about that. But it is, um, it's called meet the Russians, Julie. It's like a, it's almost like real housewives, but following Russians in London. And oh, okay. so, I mean, you've seen the lifestyle that the rich Russians are currently living in London. So this is a, a docu-series um, for, um, for some of the channels I work on in Europe called Meet the Russians. And it's their their crazy, fun-loving lives around London. So maybe oh, okay. I can get you, maybe it'll get picked up somewhere in the United States, but we produced it in the UK for the for the European channels that I work on. Uh, But I'll I'll get you some kind of DVD of that because I think you'll appreciate it.
2: Oh, Liz. Okay. Thank you very much. I'd like to. (laughs)
0: Um, All right. The other thing I have to confess, well, two confessions uh, today. Number one is that if you listened to last week's show, you might have noticed that the audio quality, that my audio was not great. And um, that's because I had failed to plug in my microphone. So it's just one of those things where, you know, we have these snowball mics and I had plugged it in enough so that the little red light came on, but I had not gone in and changed my preferences. So Mm. even though I was speaking into the mic, it was actually just the regular mics on my computer picking up my audio. So wouldn't you think that like a dozen years into this, I could at least get that right? Oh, well. So, but as if that's not dumb enough, I did an even dumber thing yesterday. I managed to, like, I was in a hurry changing my clothes, and somehow in the process of putting on a blouse, I managed to stab myself on the bridge of my nose with my own fingernail, like a big, bloody gash, right? Right on the bridge of my nose with with my own fingernail. There was no weapon involved at all. I wasn't fending anyone off. There was no reason why I needed to do this to myself. So, like... I, now I have this big, like, oh. gash in the middle of my nose. And I'm just not quite sure what to do with it. I attempted to put a Band-Aid on it.
2: Yeah, I mean, go with the Band-Aid because then it looks like you're, you're, in, you're in Southern California. Everyone's having surgical procedures on <laughs> their faces. I, you could, think so?
0: Because I, I tried it on and then off and then on again, <laughs> trying to figure out which looked worse, which looked weirder. Uh, so right now I'm going with the no Band-Aid. But... I have to go to the theater later today. Do you think I should, should I wear a Band-Aid on the bridge of my nose going out in public?
2: Okay, well, let me just turn it around on you. If you saw someone with a large, unsightly gash on their nose, okay, a wound, an open wound on their nose, no Band-Aid, what would you you think?
0: I would think that something awful had happened to them. Yes, I would immediately start to invent the intruder that they fought off somehow.
2: Yes, but if you saw the same person with with a a nice nude-colored Band-Aid on the nose, what you would I would think... assume
0: they just came from the dermatologist.
2: Yes. And that they had had some majors, you know, wart removed or whatever. Yes. <laughs> yes.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. The wart on the bridge of my nose. You'll notice that's gone. It was really, it was really that anyway. So that was, uh, that was one of my first mistakes yesterday was stabbing, stabbing myself. Mm. Um, my, the second mistake, or I shouldn't say mistake, but really put myself out there. You know, I've been trying to get back into the groove exercise-wise, just trying to figure out what's my new thing. Because I just, I don't want to go back to my old thing. I don't know why. I'm just sick of the things that I used to do to kind of keep myself in shape. So yesterday, there's there's this gym not far from where I live called Burn 60, where it's basically 60-minute classes that is made up of 15-minute intervals. You're on a treadmill, then on the floor, then back on the treadmill, then back on the floor. And I've done it a few times before, but like years ago. And it's super high energy. I thought, okay, Why don't I try burn 60 again? Like, like, let's see if that will make me happy. So, um... I think any
2: exercise program that starts with the word burn,
0: burn. is
2: probably not going to make you happy on the, for a long-term list. But go ahead. Okay. I mean, these short-term relationships, they're important, too.
0: I know. It just is. Oh, my God. So, well, the good news is that it's uh, its a small group, so you're not in a giant room full of people. There are, like, no more than 12 people there at a time, which, okay. which I enjoy. Uh, the second good part of it is that, you know, both the um, – Lady Gaga and Katy Perry dropped new singles this week. So in case I hadn't heard them, I certainly heard a lot of them over 60 minutes. So I'm totally up to speed on both the Lady Gaga and the uh, Katy Perry singles. That's so, worthwhile. Mm-hmm. So that, that is worthwhile. And then I actually, third piece of good news is, I made it the entire 60 minutes. I could, I could get on the treadmill and off the treadmill and on the treadmill and off the treadmill whenever they told me to. I could generally do the movements and things they were asking me to do. Though there were some tricky, like, hang from the ceiling on bands kind of stuff. I don't know. Uh-huh. You know, there was a little bit of that. But the good news about that is that if it's a little bit new to you, then it's not as boring. You know, because then you're really just trying to figure out how to do it without killing yourself, so it adds a focus to what to the sixty minutes instead of just, "Oh my God, how many?" And they have a clock running down in the room. so you always know that there's okay forty seven minutes left, okay, twenty two minutes left. So yesterday, it was highly successful as an experiment, but as a result, this morning, not only could I hardly get out of bed. I, I could hardly lift my head from the pillow, Julie. It was like I tried to like lift my head and turn and see what time it was on my clock. And even my head hurt, my neck hurt, my shoulders hurt. My I guess that's what the hanging from the ceiling part of it does to you. My legs hurt. So it was so clearly. Here's what I know for sure: I needed the exercise. <laughs> if I'm if I'm this sore today from that experiment yesterday i certainly needed to do it
2: no no no. i don't believe that liz because it's just they could be different you're using your muscles differently than you were before i mean it wasn't i i don't 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 put yourself down that way i think that you know it's any exercise that you do that's new uses you know uses your muscles differently it's you're going to be sore from that
0: yeah so so here's my here's my question for you yeah how many days do I need to give it before I go back? <laughs> do I need?
2: You, you need to get right back on the horse today. If you don't go back to burn 60 today, you will never go back, Liz. You need to just take a, take a leave and get back out there on those bands and do it <laughs> again, Liz. Is that, that's it. I, d-
0: I did have, um, yeah, I did have a leave for lunch and dinner last night. You'll be happy <laughs> to know. So I thought I was like prophylactically preventing today 's soreness, but right. uh, that didn't really work well I'm not going to make it there today because we're doing this and then I have other plans but right. I'm thinking that if I could like for a week one you don't want to overdo right you don't want to get some kind of injury your first week back in the horse right. so I'm trying to see if this week I could do an every other day situation you know okay. during the weekend it's obviously easier the I noticed that tomorrow, the only classes I can make on the schedule would either be 5.45 a.m. or 7.30 p.m.?
2: Well, I don't know. I mean, you're having the problem getting out of bed. This is, <laughs> but yeah, there's, I, I don't I don't know how people can exercise at 7.30 at night. You know, you work all day. I don't know I how know,
0: you. I know. I really, know. It's really, really hard.
2: You know you're not going to want to do that. So the, you're only, you're going to have to go for that morning one. That's yeah. your only shot yeah. at.
0: Yeah, which is... I'll be your coach, Liz. I'll
2: be... I'll just... Uh, I'll, I'll talk you into well, it.
0: Give me a wake-up call? <laughs> anyway, we'll see how that goes. I'll report back on that next week. Hopefully, at least the my nose will have uh, cleared up. <laughs> and, uh, and luckily, I stabbed myself in the nose after the class. Because if I had done it before the class, I'm sure I wouldn't have gone. Because yeah. this is like a Brentwood situation. Oh. And, yeah, right. Exactly. And so the people in the class... They are like totally shaped up. They so that are,
2: looks like Reese Witherspoon. Yes, right? exactly, Is exactly. That, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Okay. it's okay.
0: exactly in her neighborhood. As a matter that's of that's why I'm. In. <laughs> anyway, so I got to clear up the nose and then get the use of my uh, limbs back this week, okay. and <laughs> we we will see how that goes. All right, uh, anything else we need to cover? The um, I think think we've got most of it. Remember, for those of you, if you are subscribed to us on iTunes, great. That is the easiest way to get our show. But if you listen to us on your smartphone, uh, there are a couple of apps out there where you can, it's the easiest possible way to always know when we have a new show. And the one we like best is called Stitcher. So if you go to the App Store and download Stitcher to your smartphone, uh, and then you can just subscribe to Satellite Sisters, it means you'll always have it there when we have a new show and obviously it's super easy to listen to and originally the uh you couldn't really download it and save it there but now you can stitcher has been upgraded so uh we recommend that but at the very least subscribe to us at itunes uh so that we know how many of you are out there and uh and we're making some other changes in the show plan right the show flow might change a little bit
2: we, Liz, we have big plans for September, okay? Right. Things are really gonna be happening. We, you know, we have a, Lee, and I, uh, and all the sisters will be making an announcement shortly about what's going to be happening in September.
0: Making does, an announcement? Wow. Announcement, Liz, okay? <laughs> I thought that sounded. Sounded good? That it good? does. That's great. I didn't realize we were going so far as to announce it. Um, no, good idea. Excellent idea. Anyway, so uh, keep listening. Keep writing to us. Our email is sisters at satellitesisters.com.
1: We've I've been trying to get on this call for over an hour. I tried to get on so many times, Liz, that they basically dismantled Annabelle Needle. I'm sorry. She's gone. <laughs>
0: so Skype just shut you down.
1: Skype shut me down. So searching, searching for something that means something to me in this moment. And uh, I will explain later. I really need an inkjet printer, but I was so discombobulated. I, my new handle is Jet Ink Printer. <laughs> jet, jet Ink Printer.
0: Okay, can I already uh, predict that within a few months you will forget that and whatever login you have to that?
1: Oh, Liz, you know, it is just the endless connectivity issue. But here's the thing. I've been at school setting up pretty much every day from the minute I wake up to as long as I can possibly stay there. And uh, I have a new computer, a beautiful Mac Air book, 11-inch.
0: Nice, Uh, nice.
1: And I've been in a vortex, Liz. I, list I, I, don't know what day it is. I don't know what time of day it is. It, it's just, it's been endless because I decided to do something I've never done before, Liz.
0: What is that? Oh, by this the way, year, by the way, Julie is gone now, so it's just you and me. But okay. Oh, so, okay. Yeah.
1: In the 2013-2014 school year, Sheila Dolan has attempted. Crafts. Crafts, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. Wow. This is your first year ever attempting that? I am so old school. I mean, I'll slap up a bunch of bulletin board paper and some boardette and call it a day. Do you know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't even know what boardette is, but I'm sure our teachers all know.
1: It's that little scalloped edging that you put around your bulletin boards. (laughs) Ooh. But... Those days are gone, Liz. Bordet is dead. Bordet is dead. I work at a wonderful school. There's a whole crop of young teachers. And what they are learning in Teachers College is bulletin board art 101.
0: This <laughs> sounds like it's beyond it, scrapbooking. It,
1: like there. Oh, Liz, I mean, there are whole machines that cut out the letters. I, I, it's, it's called a cutie pie or some kind of... I don't even know what the I thought it was a laminator. I said, what's that to my co-teacher? She said, oh, that's my cootie or my cutie cut. And she, she die cuts letters and numbers. Okay, so in an attempt to update my classroom, I have been going crazy for two and a half weeks with felt and a staple gun. Felt and staple gun, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> why now? Why did you go with felt? That
0: just seemed well, like the easiest to manage.
1: It it's it looks good. It's a, it's soft. Yeah. Uh, it's permanent. It's pretty much permanent. You know, the paper that you put on bulletin boards, Liz, fades away, even though it's called fadeless.
0: Oh, I I didn't know that. I didn't know either of those two things. I didn't know that it faded, and I didn't know that it's called shadeless.
1: (laughs) Okay, so I came up with a concept for this year. I mean, we all had a hard year last year. Uh, I had the summer off, essentially. And I had a lot of time to think and plan and think about what I want the concept for my classroom to be, Liz.
0: Concept for the classroom, okay. And, and, cl- and cl- third grade isn't enough of a concept?
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's it's not enough of a concept, apparently, because there are these youngins coming up, Liz, who are going to put me to shame with the bulletin board. art. Darn, darn. So I was in the teacher store in Pasadena, and then I saw it. I saw some bordette. That inspired me, Liz. And it wasn't the scalloped edge bordette that's so common nowadays. If (laughs) which you would you wouldn't know because you're busy like doing real work. I mean
0: (laughs) None of it is real. It's just different. It's just different.
1: You're writing memos, you're doing presentations.
0: (laughs) But it's still just about television, which is not really real. So
1: yeah. I saw this bordette, Liz, that would take your breath away. It was wide green grass. It was grass oh, bordette. Wow. And then I came up with my concept. Which Here is. it is. Yeah. Bamboo dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Bamboo dreams. Wow. Okay. And what I saw was camel, felt, and green grass That's <laughs> uh-huh. for miles and miles. <laughs> nice. So, I'm pretty proud of the color scheme, Uh, So, but I had over seven yards of camel felt. I kept going back to that fabric store. I mean, when was the last time, Liz, you had to go to a fabric store? (laughs) Seventh grade? I was just
0: going to say seventh grade Home Yeah, Yeah. seventh grade when we had to make a skirt and... uh, or we had to make something. I believe I made a skirt. And that would have pretty much been my last visit to, though, occasionally with mom, when she would go need to pick up decorative items, we would go to Michael's. So the actual craft store I've been in more recently. But a fabric store, it has been a good long time.
1: Yeah, we, we have no idea what we're doing. Because yeah. our mother didn't sew. No. No. And we didn't learn how to sew, and we don't know the first thing about fabrics.
0: No, no. We had that one semester in seventh grade where, back in the day, girls took sewing, boys took shop. And uh, that's what they did. That was the rule, and that's what we did. And we we took nothing out of that semester.
1: Okay, so then then I set out to go to a fabric store. It seems pretty simple, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty much, this is, this is the saga of four out of five fabric stores that I attempted to go to had closed. I mean, what is it about fabric stores that just up and close?
0: I I thought it was all back. I thought sewing was in again. I thought all these youngins and their DIY and the make everything yourself. And, you know, I thought that meant that the fabric stores would be popping up all over the place.
1: Oh, I, I was I was ready to tear my hair out looking for a fabric store. So I finally found one. Thank you, Joann's. Um, in wherever I was, Eagle Rock, Glendale, I have no idea. Oh, yeah, I... there,
0: there's a Joann's in Santa Monica, too, now that you mentioned that. I drive okay. by one quite very often.
1: Okay, well, the, the Joann's in Pasadena closed, and I called the other Joann's, and they said, yeah, I think we closed. I mean, really casual about the whole closing. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> And I, I finally had to say, "Are you open? I mean, you're speaking to me on the phone, but are you open? I mean, <laughs> are, are you are you are you there,
0: Joanne?" So obviously Joanne was home, and Joanne sold, sold you ten miles of camel felt.
1: I mean, when she said, "How much do you need?" What do you think? I said, "A lot, a lot. <laughs> I need a lot. I'm a teacher, and I have a lot of bulletin board to cover." Mm. Mm-hmm. So I pretty much bought the rest of the ream or whatever they call it, the, the bolster. <laughs> the, the bolt? The bolt. The bolt. <laughs> yes. Is it coming back to you now? <laughs> well, ream
0: certain, certainly didn't <laughs> ring a bell, but I don't know. Yeah, okay. A bolt of fabric seems like that, seems like the word.
1: So, and I mean, I bought out that green grass at the other store Angels, which is the teacher's store. I mean, the names are like, I, it's like 1950. I mean, in both places, when you walk into there, it's like, hello, what decade are we in? <laughs> <laughs> so I had the green grass, I had the camel. Yeah. So, um, so
0: your bamboo dreams are coming to life in front of your very eyes. Oh,
1: it, it's good. How does it actually
0: look in the classroom? Are you done now?
1: Well, yes, but do you know, do you know how hard it is to cut felt? and and find the correct staple gun that's gonna go through years of you know old bulletin board material, who knows what's behind that you know bulletin board <laughs> scary yeah
0: i- so, ser- I certainly don't,
1: yeah, no, I did the camelets, I did the perimeter and grass, and then I went a little bit crazy.
0: What like coconut shells or something
1: <laughs> 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 well, then I had to a name, each bulletin board, what is it going to be? You can't just, you have to identify what the bulletin board is going to be. Mm. So that's where these teachers cut the letters from their own machines. That's crazy. I know, Liz, I know, I know. So, but they know how to do it.
0: Yeah, yeah. But you're good at coming up with names for things. So they can have all the fancy tools they want, Sheila. But you're, I'm sure you were excellent at naming your bulletin boards.
1: I'm I'm very conceptual. Yeah. So um, I have one board: "Live like a writer." What do you, how What do you think of that? I like it. Okay, and that is all done in green bubble letters. <laughs> Because I went and bought the letters. Okay, I went and bought those letters, as many letters as I could possibly buy, in as many fonts as I could possibly buy. Because, uh, I mean, what what am I going to do? I can't cut letters. No, you can't. No, no. Live like a writer. Live like a writer. Okay, I like that one. Then I have Welcome Back, You Mean the World to Me with the World Map Up. Oh,
0: nice.
1: Nice. Oh, Nailed it. <laughs> uh, great ideas are growing. Get it with the green grass? Oh, wow. Oh. Yeah. And, and growing extends upward, Liz. It's going up the camel.
0: Up. Oh, nice. You mean the letters are kind of stacked going
1: up. Wow. They're stacked, Liz. I see. These kids, them.
0: their minds are going to be blown.
1: Then... I had to find a way to have something for each child. You have to have 22 of something. Uh huh. So um, I had 22 yellow stars with smiley faces.
0: How does that work into the bamboo dreams theme? It, it,
1: doesn't. it doesn't. Now, that I was going out on a limb for that because, Liz, mm-hmm. at this point after two and a half weeks, I am done. I have you nothing are,
0: left. You're, just, you're already bailing on your theme, and the kids haven't even shown up yet.
1: I wanted to get little trees. I wanted to yeah. do But yeah. what I did was the yellow is a pop of color, list.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: It's a pop that, that contrasts nicely with the green and the camel, if you can visualize that at yeah. all.
0: Yeah, yeah sh- sure. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> Again, this has nothing to do with the new math curriculum <laughs> or the writing <laughs> or the English grammar I'm going to have to teach them. Uh-huh.
0: But you you paid attention to what was important.
1: Um, So for that, I think I'm doing You Are My Shining Stars. (laughs) Okay. All right. Cue the music.
0: You don't get points for originality on that, but it's solid. It's solid. It's a proven winner over time on bulletin boards from many, many years.
1: And I want to tell you what the the basis of all of this was. I bought a ginormous green rug to go to accent with the bamboo dreams. So the green theme is strong. I didn't know when I ordered the rug list that they were redoing the carpet in my room.
0: Oh, oh. So when you order the rug, the school lets you buy stuff like that? Or, or this is just your own embellishment?
1: No, the school, no, I would never, no, the school, you can do anything that you want for instruction. So a lot of my instruction is on the rug. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, there are okay. times...
0: Okay, so a rug is considered <laughs> instructional material.
1: There, there are many times when, uh, when I say, go on the rug, and <laughs> they know what that means. <laughs> it means it's time for instruction. <laughs> You're going to get instructed over there now. Because we need to mix it up, Liz, when we're third graders. Okay. All right. All right. So all of this went on, and you'll appreciate this because I'm, uh, okay, so I'm trying to think if there's anything else I need to mention. Oh, I went crazy with some other stuff, which I eventually took down. I mean, there's a lot of uh, crafting that went wrong. Oh, finally, I bought, um, we're going to do a lot of clips. We're going to do clothespins, Liz. With their names on them in paint. Oh, nice. When
0: you say we're going to do, what does
1: that mean? <laughs> does that mean
0: the kids are going to help make those when school starts? Or you and the co teacher no. still have that to do?
1: No, I, I've done it. I've done oh, it. Oh, That's okay. I did today. We And, uh, okay, so here's the thing, Liz. <laughs> yeah. Everything had to be moved out of my classroom. And then everything had to be moved back in for the new carpet. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, okay. So we had a bunch of movers there. And we had a bunch of carpet guys. It's, it's hard to distinguish between the carpet guys and the movers, mm-hmm. but I can say pretty much the movers have done more time. You know what <laughs> I mean? Mm-hmm. Or as Ther- Therese and Joe Judice say, done, been away for a while. You know, <laughs> these guys have been away for a while and uh-huh. they're back.
0: Uh-huh. Okay? And they're back and they're working in elementary schools, which is good.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, I said to this, everything I've moved back, I said to this one guy, could you please, I know you guys are working hard, could you please just help me move this table back? Because it's this ginormous rectangular table. He said, sure. And as I tried to lift it, I made a, mm, a grunting sound. And he said, come on, you're young. I said, no, actually, I'm not that young. He said, you look young. I go, I do? Uh, that's good to know. Now, we're both coming up on a birthday, Liz. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I know. And it just gets worse I and worse and worse. I and I know. and I don't want to think about it. So check it out. This guy he goes, so I made the fatal mistake of asking him, guess.
0: Guess Sheila, wow. okay.
1: why? Why? <laughs> because I didn't care at that point. But you know <laughs> and I,
0: you assumed he was gonna guess low, because that's know, what that's yeah. what people do.
1: You know what he guessed? What? He guessed higher than my age. He guessed uh, 55. I go uh. fifty. I said, listen, dude, I'm going to pay it forward here. <laughs> Don't you, ever do that. When you guess a woman's age, <laughs> do not go above 40. And for God's sakes, do not go above 50. <laughs> And do not go above 54, because that's what I am. I know. I'm glad that
0: you're so outraged that he would guess 55 when you're actually, which is what I am turning, and you are turning 54, both of us with birthdays in September. So he was off by one year. You could give him credit for that, but no.
1: So, so... Then he said, okay, all right, you look 20. I said, the, the moment's ruined, okay? It's done. You guessed 55. It's too late to turn it back now. Thank you very much. Oh, wow. Ooh, wow. so that hurts. That's yeah, a, yeah. yeah, that's...
0: Well, but you asked. Sorry.
1: I, I, I know. I mean I, I, I mean, I guess in the moment, I felt like most people, most men... I mean, I, you know, I, I guess I've been in the classroom too long because I guess I looked like I was about 55. <laughs> I've been in the vortex, Liz.
0: But if you asked your third graders, they would probably guess that you're 30 or something, oh, right? Oh, totally. Yeah, totally. yeah, which is yeah. what you wanted and expected.
1: Can't wait for them to come back. Yeah. <laughs> you mean the world to me. <laughs> so, wh- So when does school actually start? The 28th. We start early.
0: Yeah, not as early as a lot of people, though. I know, like, Lee and Son is already back. So many people, Julie and I talked about this earlier in the show, like, you just, you know, it's like August
1: is ruined now. August, August is, I mean, psychologically, Liz, no one should go back to school till after Labor, labor Day.
0: I agree. You? I agree. All these people going back to school in August pretty much takes all of August with it, you know? And some people, it's like mid-August. That's just not right.
1: It's not right, Liz. And uh, we need a couple... I need a couple more weeks to finish my crafting. Crafting. Because I haven't even started with the tape, the dotted tape that I bought, the rule of rolls, the, ro- the spools, well, and the bolts of tape. <laughs> there is a crafting world that I am going to tackle one bulletin board at a time, Liz.
0: Well, don't rush yourself. I think if you've focused on... <laughs> You just focus on rug-based instruction, Sheila. That's, oh. That sounds good. That sounds like that's what the parents are paying the big bucks for.
1: <laughs> I, hope, I hope no one listens to this portion. Maybe they'll think that I wasn't on the show today because I called in late. Yes, they're
0: ringing but- in late. This has never happened before. Okay, what else do we need to know about what's going on with you?
1: Um, let's see. I mean, th- that's really about it, Liz. Mm. I um, there hasn't been a whole lot of else going on here.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Um, th- that's basically it. I mean, Well, what Ju- you-
0: earlier in the show, Julie and I had a discussion about the movie The Way, Way Back. And I went to see it because you did that tutoring gig with the young star Liam James. And here's what I'll say. Here's my personal for Sheila Dolan review of this movie. It's a very charming movie in many ways anyway. But because you bonded so powerfully with Liam, you are going to love him in this movie. Oh, I he can't. Is- you said just from meeting him that he is a very special kid. And you can totally see in this movie that he has a great heart. There, it's, it's he, he is really great in it. So, yes, Liam. Maybe, maybe when Christmas vacation rolls around, you'll have a chance to go see it.
1: If you're if you're listening, that's oh, I have one post um niece wedding story that you'll all enjoy i think okay all right did you guys um deconstruct the wedding
0: we did last week they, when it was lee and julie and i we covered a lot of issues and then earlier in today's show we actually got a piece of email from a listener who complained that his seersucker suit that he wore to the wedding was, was not covered in our first installment of wedding coverage. Oh. So, oh. We, so we corrected that oversight.
1: Oh, the man in the seersucker suit called in? Yes, yes. Oh, well, he was the most dapper. I mean, th- he was a dapper Dan.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, he wrote in. He wrote to leanne this week because he listens to la- listened to last week's show and was kind of shocked that in 45 minutes of team coverage, in-depth team coverage, Nobody touched on the man in the seersucker suit.
1: So. You know, I appreciated his suit so much. Okay. And I just want to say that. I mean, that that was an excellent suit. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so I finally got around to bringing my Rachel Zoe dress to the dry cleaner. hmm And it was pretty much a ball of, you know, chiffon by the time I got home after that long flight. And boy, did we dance up a storm. So that's all been covered. But anyway, I brought it to the, um, hairdresser, I was gonna say. I brought it to the dry cleaner. And, um, I looked at it fondly. I mean, to me, that's like, a, that's like my personal wedding dress. <laughs> I mean, did you like the dress? Yes, yes. Yeah. You,
0: well, if you listen to last week's show, you'll see that you got you got Julie's overall prize for the total package because you had the bun head, the dress, the sparkly shawl, the whole thing.
1: I, I just loved wearing that dress, and I love wearing it many, many, many times to come. So dropped it off at the dry cleaner, put it on the counter. She looked at it. She said, now, is this belt attached? And I looked at her. I said, it was at some point. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I well, said, just clean it. I mean, I think after the eighth Bruce Springsteen song, my belt flew off. Yeah. Well, you
0: know, that's the sign of a good party, right? That's that's it, Liz. When your clothing starts to just fall apart. The There have been quite a few emails, because we never posted a full-length picture of you in it, and with the hot debate in advance of the wedding about... Was it high-low? Was it elliptical? Was it... What was it? I would feel now, having seen you in it, that it was just a dress with a slit. But you had described it as a high-low. Is that because Rachel Zoe described
1: it as a high-low? It's described on her website as a high-low, but I'm glad that you said it looked like a slit. And by the way, that dress was personally tailored for me. So it it was for a model who was (laughs) (laughs) 5'10". And that same dry cleaner, they have a, you know, just completely redid the high-low. So I think what she created was more like a slit in the front, Liz.
0: Oh, that by pulling it up to fit a smaller person? A much
1: smaller person.
0: The high and the low were kind of mitigated? Yes, Liz, you got it. (laughs) So it was not as high and not as low? Liz, you got
1: it. Always one with the good vocab.
0: You captured it with the mitigation. Okay, all right. High low mitigation. For those of you that were curious, uh, there you go. Um, okay, so this week, are you, as we record this, it's Sunday early evening now, um, Sunday afternoon. And
1: um, well, now are... that the bulletin boards are done, I have to focus on the real. Things I should have been focusing on, uh-huh. like which instru- instruction? Instruction. Yeah. Instruction on the rug.
0: <laughs> do, you, do you do you actually have a whole new curriculum this year? Because I've noticed LA Unified, all the public schools went back like ten days ago, right? Because there's been lots in the news about the new core curriculum, whatever it is. Does that affect you?
1: We have a completely new math program, which is unlike any math program, pretty much I've ever taught, which is the Singapore math which was the math created in Singapore to bring our kids into whatever century it
0: is. (laughs) That sounds hard.
1: It's super hard, Liz. Uh It's like, it's based on concrete pictorial and, and and algorithms, but you have to do all three and it's very, very, very in depth. So that is what I'm going to be studying it's not that I haven't been trained. Again, there might be some people listening who know where I teach or have a child in my class. I've been studying it all summer, and it's, it's definitely a learning curve for me. Right, right. I, think, the, I, I, Sheila, yeah.
0: we, I mean, everybody knows you're an exceedingly fine teacher. So when we joke about the environment in your classroom, we're certainly not minimizing your commitment to your students oh, and the, the all, excellence of hard. your instruction.
1: I'm all over that. I mean, I think it's a great math program, and I'm excited, but it's new. Everything else is, um, well, it's always new. It's new every year, Liz, because you the kids are different every year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I won't know until I meet my shining stars on the rug. <laughs> <laughs> on, on the 28th. With some bubble letter accents, by the way, on the tops of their letters. I did some highlighting in green, Liz. That's where I went too far with that.
0: You know, if you, okay, if you send me, next time you're in your classroom, take a picture of the best of the bulletin boards. Oh, I'm totally going to do Send it to me, and I will post it on the Satellite Sisters Facebook group.
1: Now, how fast do you think it's going to get to Pinterest, Liz? That's all (laughs) I want to know. Will I make it to Pinterest? Maybe I need a few more years.
0: Well, we will leave that to the Satellite Sisterhood. If they can, you know, they can. maybe it will go viral. Maybe, uh, maybe, yeah. maybe this is the, the, the fall where bamboo dreams will go viral. <laughs>
1: bamboo dreams. <laughs> I'm going to patent it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh. Okay, yeah. well, well, thanks for the uh, ding-a-linging in. Uh, yes, I'm glad I finally caught you. It's, it's, and last note. Yeah. It's, um, it's Jet Ink Printer, which should have been Inkjet. Yeah. Because I realized when I bought, hello, the Martha Stewart crafting labels wow. for all their notebooks. Wow. Uh, and taught myself how to use a template on a computer. <laughs> <laughs> I needed an Inkjet printer, which I don't have. Okay. Oh. So that is my dilemma. Okay. I okay. have. 144 labels uh-huh. and no printer. Well, the school office has got to have one, right? They have laser jet, Liz. Uh, oh. Laser. Oh, okay. And if you were a member of Pinterest, you would know there's a big difference. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, well. Wow.
0: You have until the 28th to figure that one out. I will, and I'm I'm doing a shout-out to everybody I know. That sounds like something the youngins can figure out for you. Yes, Liz, yes. Okay.
1: Under 55.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, uh, good luck. Congratulations on achieving your bamboo dreams, and uh, I'm very glad you you rang in here, buzzed in at the very last second. Thanks for
1: taking my call, Liz. Okay, bye. Okay. Have a good week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.